This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. This is John Bateman, and you're listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast. And today, I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Anxiety Canada Executive Director, Judith Law. Hi, Judith. Hey there, John. How's it going? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That's great. Uh, Yeah, glad to hear it. Um, First question always, Judith, what's your anxiety story? (sighs) John, um, I got up really early day before. Um, I saw the sunrise and it was magnificent. Um, My anxiety story is that there's so much we're working on in in light of COVID and and also just many other initiatives that, um, that have come out from Anxiety Canada's strategic renewal which uh, we undertook in uh, in July so my mind uh, I woke up very early because my mind had been going just churning since about 3 a.m you know it was just uh, that feeling of um, feel just yeah being overwhelmed and, and making a lot of lists in your head so um, I'm just one of those people who then has to get out of bed and um, and get going yeah so wait a second so does that mean you get out of bed at 3 a.m. and get going? Yeah. That, really? That's what you do? Yeah, truly. Because some people, they decide to, if we're talking in anxiety terms, we're talking in terms of, you know, dealing with anxiety and those things. Some people decide to toss and turn. I mean, the advice usually is to get out of bed, whether or not you're tackling the situation or not, and do something. But you, right. and, and you're up for the day. Yeah, I I am. And I think that it's, um, I think some of our psychologists might not be too happy with me saying this, but um, normally what we say is, you know, um, what they say is, you know, um, get up, um, pick up a book, um, read a bit, don't force yourself to go back to sleep, but um, sort of give your anxious mind a little bit of, um, of room. Mm-hmm. And um, in my case, uh, this week, it really was that I, um, I didn't want to read the newspaper. I didn't want to go online to read, to look at Facebook. I, um, I had a lot of ideas and I, and I am a, a list maker. So I, I just wanted to get in front of my computer and, uh, and type them all up. So, and I also made a grocery list at 3 a.m. <laughs> okay. So there's that, you know, there's the um, feeling anxious around um, work. And then also um, home life, because that's also a big, yeah, we don't live in, in silos, right? Yeah. One thing I'm wondering, like when you're talking about, we're talking about that, you know, it's since we've gone straight to this, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of anxiety Canada in a little bit, but since we're on this topic, what we talk on the, on this podcast, I've talked to people a lot about sort of confusion of emotions. So um, 
the difference between anxiety and excitement because those two are very similar. Those two kind of go arm in arm. And it's taken me a long time in my experiences to kind of not let excitement turn into anxiety, uh, if you know what I mean, or to identify that what's happening to me is excitement and not anxiety. Do you have a good idea of that separation? Because it sounds to me what you described sort of of getting up at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, are you, feel, are you getting up at three o'clock in the morning feeling frustrated or are you getting up and feeling productive and, and motivated or, or excited? Yeah, it's a, I appreciate you differentiating. I think that um, there, there, it definitely was anxiety, but in balancing my anxiety, you know, where I'm, I'm asked, same, you're right, it's the asking yourself, okay, so what am I worried about in my case? So as well, I'm, I'm worried actually that I have a lot of deadlines, that I might be forgetting um, some of these things that, um, that I haven't written down. That, and um, what's behind this ultimately is, is that I'm inspired. I'm inspired by all the work we've put in the last few months. And I know that work needs to be executed. And, um, and it isn't linear because as I've been percolating, um, this is, yeah, sort of a culmination of, of so many ideas and conversations I've had with our team, with outside our team. And so there's excitement in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, it's very much those anxiety symptoms because my stomach's sort of in knots, my heart's racing, mm-hmm. the... Um, I'm not uh, panicking, um, but I am feeling like I've got to get moving, like, you know, mm-hmm. just um, so it's coming in my case from ultimately when I balance my thoughts, it's the, okay, let's check the facts. Uh, fact one, um, the you've created X document. Fact two, you've actually started working on number one prior priority on X document. And so, um, but still in my case, the taking action immediately helped to reduce my anxiety. So, right. Yeah. Of course. And that's, yeah. And that's why you get up at three o'clock and, and do that. You, you have a tool in place that, that works for you, which is dealing with it in that way whether it's writing down, whether it's scheduling, whether it's making lists, whether it's researching, you have that in place. Yeah. And some people, and I would say that if it had happened um, and when it does say I'm feeling, you know, moderate anxiety in the middle of my day um, because of COVID and working from home, some of that time, I will actually just stop. I will um, stand up. I'll stretch. So I really just build in a break mm-hmm. and, um, and then I go back to what I was doing, but I don't go back to where I was because I've been able to, and I think you know what I mean, just reset. Yeah. And, and that can mean getting a glass of water in between or petting my dog, but I, um, yeah, it's, it's these very small ways that one learns to, to cope that are helpful. My reset is usually the classic going away 
if I'm if I'm near somebody, if I'm just going away and doing like ten counting 10 breaths. That's what I do right. when I decide to reset and, and, and resetting. It can be anything. It can be getting a glass of water. It can be walking around the room. It can be stretching. There's so many, and we're getting into tools here, like, which is great, but, yeah. I, but you're the executive director of anxiety Canada. And I would like to ask you some questions about anxiety Canada, obviously. Uh, I guess quickly, I, if you can say quickly, if you can answer this question quickly, how can you give me a brief history? of Anxiety Canada? Sure. Yeah, I don't think many people know our brief history. Um, So Anxiety Canada uh, started out as Anxiety BC. So we were Anxiety BC from 1999 until 2018. And uh, and in 2018, we rebranded as Anxiety Canada. And um, it was an interesting convergence of, of external and internal forces, because um, in a nutshell, we, uh, we recognized internally that we've been serving Canadians for uh, really nearly two decades. And, um, and that as Anxiety BC, we were the most active anxiety disorders association in Canada. And that, however, we needed to be more intentional and more uh, deliberate in reaching out to Canadians outside of British Columbia. And externally, what was interesting is that I was on the board of the Anxiety Disorders Association of Canada at the same time. And uh, that, uh, and they were in that organization was in the process of um, considering uh, dissolution. So the, head of the organization at the time, um, he discussed this with all the members as well. And then he and I talked about how, if Anxiety BC was thinking about being more intentional um, in serving Canadians, then and Anxiety Disorders Association of Canada was uh, dissolving, then could we not look at embracing that as part of our rebrand. So we decided to not adopt a very long name, Anxiety Disorders Association of Canada, but to uh, abbreviate that. And uh, we had a marketing company uh, on board to help us with renaming, but ultimately um, I think I was the one who came up with it. So I, we said, um, hmm, Anxiety Canada. I said, Anxiety Canada, what do you think? And the agency said, hmm, actually, I think that's, that probably works better than, than the other names we had on our list. Um, but then, you know, there was a consultative process with our board and our staff, and everybody agreed that they liked Anxiety Canada. And so Anxiety BC became Anxiety Canada. Right. And so you, as an organization or foundation, non-for-profit foundation, you what are the primary things that you, if you can distill it, because I know you do so much as an organization. I know you have the webpage and the free resources and the app. What, what, what is it that you consider to be, you know, if you're to distill that down, you know, what, what your mission is, what is it that you, mm. that you do in those terms? Our mission is really to reduce the barrier of anxiety for 
Canadians. And um, as you know, John, uh, and we all have anxiety and we all have it um, every day. Um, it's what keeps us alive. So that's really why I'm saying reducing the barrier of anxiety so that we can live essentially um, healthy, healthy lives. Um, most people, it's a mission that um, everything we do is around that. So raising awareness. Um, this podcast is a good example of that. Um, having conversations in community, developing resources online that people can read and learn and perhaps will inform them a little bit more about someone else um, whom they're, you know, they have concerns about or, and then the app, which is MindShift app, which um, is used by tens of thousands of people every, every week. And then we've also just launched um, this year, MindShift groups, which is a group based live virtual therapy program. So, um, and that is being subscribed by Canadians um, from many different provinces. So, yeah. So, so tell me, I know that, I know your resources on your webpage are free. Like you, you guys don't do paid for material, right? We don't. Um, the universal access is really important to us. It's yeah. one of our values. So we believe that no one should have to suffer um, debilitating effects of anxiety disorders. Um, it's not to say that we can, um, that everything we will produce can be completely free. Right. But we certainly do our very best to make sure that it's affordable and accessible. So the MindShift app, which is uh, our most, other than our website, the, um, the one tool that we've developed that has huge following, you know, people from every English speaking country. Um, I think I've got data for this. Yeah, every English speaking country. Um, there are some people, people from these countries using the app. So that's totally free. Um, MindShift groups, is not totally free, but it is heavily subsidized. It is, right. um, yeah, I would, it is based on our research, the most affordable group CBT treatment program that we know of in Canada. See, that's okay. The, the first of all, apps are huge. I've done my research on apps. Um, and having completely free with an app is really important, especially if, you know, we're talking about younger people and people who engage like it's, I hate to even mention, you know, people who are, who use phones all the time, because that's just what it is now. And that's just what we are now. Um, so I think that that's, that's incredible. I, the, the groups thing is amazing. Cause I didn't get, I mean, I got into real group therapy probably about two years ago, like actually mm. sitting in a room group and it's remarkable. Uh, when you're with peers talking about issues, talking about how to think your way around problems that you're having. So I think that's an incredible resource that you guys have added. I'm just curious, John, because um, for the, what do you, have you done one-on-one -on -one therapy before? I've done Judith, name it. 
You name okay. a therapy and I've done it. Um, yes, I've done one-on-one therapy uh, for CBT. I've done one-on-one strictly talk therapy. And I did here through uh, Vancouver Island Health Authority, I did uh, CBT learning class, which was, right. uh, I believe it was like a 14-week course. And then once you do that, then you get into group. And you meet, we would meet once a month. Uh, now we do it over Zoom and we're meeting ironically because of the COVID stuff that I want to get into with you because of that, we, uh, we can meet more often. Um, so now we meet on zoom and, uh, is it a substitute for being there in person with somebody? No, I don't think there's ever going to be a substitute for being in the same room with a human. At least I hope that we never get to that point in our, in our civilization, but, uh, certainly, yeah, I've done all of that stuff. And if you compare the one-on-one to group, what would you say are some of the pros uh, for groups? Benefits that you've um, received from groups? Okay, the number one benefit. How have you flipped this over to being your podcast interviewing me? I'm just you, curious. Man, you're crafty. This is good. You're crafty. I like this. Um, I, uh, the number one benefit by far to me is the. Okay, the, the benefit of one-on-one for me is you're dealing with somebody who's a trained professional, right? Um, but that doesn't always work. I've been through different counselors for good reason, because some work for you and some don't. We're humans. We have differing personalities. Um, with group, first of all, you're liable to find somebody in there that you relate to better mm-hmm. than other ones, first of all. But more importantly, is we're not de- I'm not dealing with people who are trained. I'm dealing with people who have the exact same shared problems. And when you see a human face, when you see that, there's no substituting for how that makes you feel included. Uh, with me living on a small island, I live, you know, on, on Salt Spring Island in British Columbia. And for me, <laughs> it was different in the sense that we know everybody. You know, we've got a population of 10,000. I know everybody and everybody knows me and... I walked into that room for the first time and it, it blew me away because you look around the room and I'm like, you really you that and, and, <laughs> and, and it's, beca- it, it instantly dissolves that whole, the whole um, kind of uh, persona that we put on when we're out in the world, because it's not like everybody runs around saying, I have anxiety, I have depression. I, you know, we don't do that. We put on our kind of functional happy best face and and that's okay like to me that's fine that's kind of how you get through the day that's imagine if everybody in society would just walking around talking about how horrible everything in their life was but when you when, when i enter into that room and i see all those people it was staggering and it was man i felt it made me feel instantly better it made me feel instantly like I am not nearly as much of a screw up as I thought I was. I'm not nearly You're as, not alone. as different as I thought I was. Exactly. Mm. And that's where group really benefited me. And then of course, you know, you get into a regular group and you, you kind of make friends and then you, you see them out and, you know, in a small community you do and you have, you can, then you can have that dialogue. You can, you can talk to them when you're on the street. So I think it's a wonderful thing. I mm. think they're both very, I think all the elements that you guys are offering right now, are key. I, I, I've used it. I like to be able to go to Anxiety Canada and use resources. I like to be able to use your app. And, you know, uh, I would love to be able to use your, the groups. Um, these are all pieces, you know, when you, when, when I'm in or when somebody's in, you know, a level of non-functioning, like anxiety where you're not functioning because of mm-hmm. it. 
it's really important to have those things at your fingertips as fast as possible. And technology has provided us that. Yeah, you're right. And, and also just to your point, cause I, I forgot, of course, you're on a, you are known and you're known on in a very small community with groups. Um, and because as you know, stigma is still, and, and part of what you said does relate to stigma. I think, you know, it's like, Oh, I thought that I was the only one who was going through this stuff. Um, because, and, and we've had people ask us, you know, with groups, will I see people I know will, um, and there's, there's concern around that. And, um, because it's a national program uh, in English right now, we don't have it in French yet, but um, I'll just assure those who might be listening to this podcast at some point that uh, it's highly unlikely that if you're concerned that um, there'll be someone you know in the podcast, but um, also other benefits that we've, um, there are benefits, um, that I'd like to add to what you, you know, you share, which um, that I've heard. And, and one of them is that um, a lot of people find it uncomfortable to do the share. And with one-on-one therapy, they, that's more comforting because it's someone you're paying. It's, you feel like you have some control and they're, they are professional. It, with our groups, it is, Moder- you know, it's guided. We have a registered clinical counselor that facilitates um, these sessions. But people also have said they, they've learned to listen. They've learned to um, speak up. So, um, and, and some um, really, and the one person told me she didn't speak up till, you know, the sixth session. And she really fought it and, and she stayed quiet and she wasn't forced to share. But when she did, oh my God, how she was so relieved. Uh, she felt so relieved. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely efficacy with different, you know, one-on-one or with groups, but especially right now with COVID, um, people are feeling more isolated. And, um, and we have in many cases where um, let's say you've lost your job or you're looking for work, you have a bit more time and, le- and less structure. And so that also creates this, um, you're ruminating um, a lot more potentially. Sure so, does. Yeah. Sure does. Well, I, for to, just to quickly double back to mention for those people, if there's anybody who's listening, who has an opportunity to, to do group of some kind and you're worried about, seeing somebody, you know, um, I knew everybody in the room when I walked in and everybody knew me. And it, for me, I, I, I see it as, as really, I saw it as, as incredible. Um, and I would, exp- I, I think people should look at it that way. Don't look at it. Look at it as all of a sudden seeing somebody you've known that you all of a sudden you have something in common with, um, and not something that you have to hide from one another. And I think that's part of the, you know, of, of liberating yourself of anxiety issues is, is kind of stepping out a little bit if you can um, and letting people know. When I decided to be transparent about my mental health issues, uh, doors opened like crazy. And I don't, I mean, just doors, like people stopping me in the street and talking to people. So I think that's, 
a really positive thing. I think the group idea that you're doing, especially in light of the fact that now we're traveling less and we're using more Zoom and we're doing more online stuff. And I kind of see that as being moving towards a status quo. I don't think that's going to be, you know, a status quo for all society, but I think it will be for a lot of things. Um, I think it's perfect, a perfect medium and a good opportunity for people to get together and, and meet people who have the same, dealing with the same issues that you are. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for underscoring that. I think mm-hmm. um, just around the, the, um, again, looking at the, that normalizing anxiety or, and, and mental health, really. Um, there's no, there's no health without mental health. And so if, if we can't, but people need, um, so many people, um, so many of us need time to, to feel comfortable with, with, um, letting others in. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody is obliged to to disclose anything more than they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was a difference, you know, if I'm looking at just one-on-one, one-on-one, I might, but being me, I might not, but being the person who I am, I, I pretty much disclose anything to anybody. Uh, but, but I might be more likely to disclose more intimate things one-on-one than I would be in group. That being said, people in our group disclose a lot of really personal stuff. And then we, uh, which I assume is kind of the way you do it. Um, then we go through the process of how to retrain our thoughts to interpret that situation um, in, a, in a more uh, productive and positive way, which is what I use CBT for every day. Right. Yeah. Um, retraining yeah. those negative thoughts and retraining sort of flawed thought patterns. Yeah. Well, what's helpful with the, with groups is that you learn um, to do your, to use MindShift, the app, and to do your homework. So, so you're guided through CBT. It's perfect. It's and a good you've marriage. Yeah. An, yeah, you've received your assessments and then, and, and it is treatment. The idea is that you've been accepted into this group um, and you're ready and there are people there. Um, there's a trained RCC to support you so that you will get better. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about COVID a little bit, because especially for Anxiety Canada, I, I can't imagine. I, I, that's why I'm going to ask you the question. You guys were kind of cooking along, you know, a year ago. A year ago, we did the first season of this podcast, moving along, moving along. February hits, March hits. How does, how does your, how does your uh, Anxiety Canada change? How, how has it changed from then to now? What have you noticed? What have been your observations been from this COVID uh, situation happening? Yeah, great question. Um, our organization has um, had to really ramp up fast in terms of responding to uh, queries from, from the general public, from uh, uh, heads of corporations, of associations. And there was sort of a panic um, period from March right into uh, right into to May end of May and um, and I have to say it was really it's been was the first time in the six and a half years I've been with anxiety Canada that there was that sort of um, attention to 
um, anxiety and, and, and it was very much panic. It was um, for those organizations that were responsive to their members or to their, um, to their teams um, uh, in a corporate setting, leaders really, um, they had to make structural changes but they also sent out surveys and they really, uh, the feedback that they got from their employees was, was um, I don't think was what they had hoped for. I think uh, many cases it was that, yeah, not only um, when they, when members or, or employees were asked a question about their mental health, it was maybe they were in the sort of mild range in, in terms of, of anxiety or level of anxiety or, or stressors. But what the responses they got this time around were very much in the, um, the moderate to, to uh, high range. So, um, um, so I think that, that for us, it was as a, as a charity, really helping support um, people through the here are the th here's what we know uh, works. Here's what um, let's give you some practical strategies and tips on how you can um, balance those worries, how you can make adjustments, um, such as focusing on the things that you can control and, um, and less on the things that you can't. And it sounds easy, but we also, um, people weren't catching themselves. So for example, um, when your mother and everybody else you know is texting you about COVID rates every single day, it, um, it does, it ramps up how you're feeling. You, and when that's all that's covered in the news and, it's, and we're in October and it's still all that's covered on our evening news. Yeah. Well, perhaps the, the one thing we can control is, is, you know, we can spend less time watching the news or, or um, so limit it to 15 minutes and maybe letting those people who are your, uh, who regularly contact you to about COVID, um, you can say to them, it's okay. I'm, you know, I'm up on my COVID stats and I'm, and I'm good. So mm -hmm. a few things that we can control. Yeah, but for us also, I think the other piece is um, really um, trying to to partner. So at a time when you know from Statistics Canada, from the people who are calling in, who are emailing um, and letting you know that they have a lot of worries and their anxiety is at an all-time high, is that we're a modest, modest sized organization. We have um, a lot of volunteers across Canada, great people like you, John. So um, partnering um, really helps to, to create awareness mm -hmm. and it helps to get our tools into the hands of people who otherwise might not know it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something that we um, were far more, that we activated more uh, these past few months. Yeah. I, I found one of my observations with the anxiety thing with, with COVID was people who are used to sort of your standard, and I don't want to say standard, but you know what I mean? The kind of anxiety we talked about earlier on in the day, just the kind that, you know, maybe 
gets you going, gets you active. Uh, people who are used to that, um, and you don't, you know, the, it's a different set of tools sort of or in, in a way, or it doesn't affect your life in the same way. People who are kind of used to that normal anxiety, all of a sudden we're dealing with moderate to severe anxiety. And, uh, you know, if I was to find a silver lining in this, it's that, you know, I think some people who wouldn't have understand the anxiety that, you know, I've been through or that many, many thousands and thousands of people have been through have a deeper understanding of what debilitating anxiety can feel like. And, and, and then them, you know, going to resources like yours and learning how to deal with that. I've interviewed, I interviewed a, a person earlier who, who has been through that. They're used to just normal anxiety. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, what, what's this? And they're having to deal with it, which is where resource like Anxiety Canada all of a sudden become even more relevant as you start to touch a higher percentage of the population. Yeah, right on. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, uh, I'd heard from uh, one person I know who said, you know, now all of you know what it's like to be me every day. Um, and this is someone with general anxiety disorder or and, and who really has, you know, and has managed it and is managing her mental health really well. But it's, it's sort of the, well, there are folks this is your wake up call. This is how, why I need to have a lot of tools in my toolkit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to emphasize that I do not wish debilitating anxiety to the kind of on anybody, right. but um, I'm certainly anybody who's experiencing it for the first time, whether you're, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. Uh, oh man, I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, you know, uh, you know, me, I'm a person who's learned a lot about it and loves to talk about it. And, uh, and having, you know, Anxiety Canada, a Anxiety Canada in my life has made a huge, you know, you guys made a huge difference in my life because I feel like I'm able to, I get such a sense of accomplishment out of um, contributing, you know, it's, it's interesting how it's, it's interesting how it's affected me. Last year, as you know, we did the eight hour version of this. This version is really different. And man, the anxiety I had before, I can't believe I got through that. I can't believe I got through eight hours of those interviews. And I'm not saying it for a pack on the, pat on the back, <laughs> uh, but it's it just the irony was thick, you know, um, having really bad anxiety while I was interviewing people about their anxiety issues. Well, um, I, I was in the studio or we did it out of our office, right? And yeah. uh, watching you, I, I wouldn't have known. And, and this is just it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's our anxiety. It, we, yeah, when you're living with heightened anxiety, you think people can tell, but nobody knows. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess also I, I should ask you then, John, this year, these um, podcasts, they are, um, you know, we're not doing that all day live call-in. Mm -hmm. How has that been for you and those whom you've interviewed, do you think? Okay, for me, speaking strictly, you know, in terms of uh, the nuts and bolts, like how it works, oh my gosh, it's incredible. It's so much better um, because I can set, I set, you, you, you kind of know how it works. The people that listen don't know how it works. We contact people, we reach out. Um, Anxiety Canada reaches out to people. I reach out to people. And then I get my spreadsheet. I make my list. I send out doodle polls. I, you know, and then it's way easier for me to wrap my head around. Um, 
because also I have a little bit more, it gives me more time to do some in some Intel, some searching about what the person's about and have a more informed conversation. Uh, it was definitely more cold calling uh, with the other stuff. I did get a chance to look over generally what people did when I was talking to them. So having, you know, and, and you know what that is. And if I'm going to talk about that in terms of dealing with how, how to deal with anxiety, that is what's become really important to me in my, in my approach to anxiety. If I have anxiety about anything, uh, well, most things that I'm kind of plan like it's planning, it's preparation. Uh, one of the actors I talked to, Grayson Holt, talked about preparation being an, an antidote for his anxiety. Right. This year I have, it's just a different kind of preparation. It's much more kind of, I would say, a um, sane preparation <laughs> than last time, you know? Um, and uh, preparation is a huge thing. And, and that's, you know, you getting up and working to circle back yet again from 3 a.m. to whatever time you have to go to work. That's preparation and that's helping deal with it. And so, yeah, you you guys by going to this format where we record it all beforehand, then we put it all out on the same day, um, World Mental Health Day. Uh, it's uh, it's certainly a lot easier on me to do it this way. Uh, in terms of the podcast, I can't think of this has just been the most incredible. Like it's just an incredible experience talking to people about how they help people with their anxiety or how they help themselves with anxiety. It's it's uh, I think it's a really great uh, platform. I know I love listening to the stories and uh, we at the office talk about the stories mm -hmm. and um, oh, one of the things I forgot to mention was that we had started a um, town halls, live town halls that were streamed on YouTube and Facebook mm -hmm. when COVID hit and lockdown measures were in place. Um, and these were, um, uh, we've had hundreds of thousands of, of listens Mm -hmm. of the of the town halls and it's it's similar to the podcasts where mm -hmm. although the podcasts are are um shorter um mm -hmm. and they're they are all just anxiety stories mm -hmm. um but we um yeah we we who live and breathe anxiety every day we glean so much from what people share yeah. and and it helps us to be real about the work we do and, um, and, to, and it inspires us to do things better, differently. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, I'm an, an amazing year. Truly, totally. and I, I feel lucky because I get to talk to people it helps me, you know, like my, <laughs> conducting my interview interviews helps my mental health because I learn something every interview. I learn something every interview, a new tool, a new way of thinking, new angles. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I'm not, I guess you could say in that way, it serves me selfishly for that reason too, that it's like, and that's, what's nice about the town hall. And that's, what's nice about group. It's, it's sharing your stories. It's sharing you, you know, your experience of anxiety. And uh, I know a lot of people out there are not, don't feel ready to kind of be transparent about it. Um, but for me, as soon as I did that, um, it's been just fulfilling and liberating. All my, and, and I'm talking about my relationship with Anxiety Canada side. I just mean personally. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so we'll, we'll cut it off there. We could talk forever and ever. Uh, of course, me and you know each other quite a while now, 
Uh, I'd just quickly like to thank you for giving me, for Exide Canada, providing me the platform to do this. I, I love doing this. I could do this every day and I will if you ever ask me to. We're but so we'll, grateful, John. So but, grateful. But, uh, and, and thank you for all the work that you do with Anxiety Canada, the countless people you help. And just to go over it, it's anxietycanada.com and it's the thank MindShift you. app. That's right. Thank you. Okay. And if you enjoy this podcast or you've enjoyed this interview or any other interviews and you have the means, go and donate. Sound good? Catch you next year, John. Thanks for talking to me, Judith. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.